Reformed Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. And you know what? I want to I say something at the top end. Uh, here we go. No, no. This is a, this is a, uh, housekeeping. Because mm. like, I know people tune out. They stop listening at the end of the podcast. They don't catch the stuff that we say at the end. Most people just kind of tune out. So I just want to say thank you to our All Access subscribers. Mm, yes. You know, we drop, we drop Mondays uh, ep- episodes for everybody on Mondays and Thursdays. But we have uh, exclusive content that is commercial-free uh, that is behind a paywall. And that's for those that subscribe to Doctrine and Devotion All Access. And you guys are what allow us to uh, do all the stuff that we're doing and more. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. And uh, this week, for our devotional series, Weekday Wisdom, uh, Monday through Friday, we'll be in the Second London Confession, Chapter 13, on the Doctrine of Sanctification. And plus, we'll be doing a Banter of Truth episode about, oh, fallen pastors being restored maybe when they shouldn't be. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyways, thanks, guys, for supporting us. We really appreciate that. Love you guys. Jimmy, if they want to, if, if anybody else wants to sign up for All Access, how do they do that? Ah, uh, well, you can go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all access or right there at your podcast player. You can hit the link that says support this podcast. Boom. It's easy. We make it easy for everybody. That's right. That's what we do. Now, to unsubscribe, it'll cost you $10,000. So you just, it's just better to just not even try to unsubscribe. <laughs> don't, don't even try. Like don't a, even don't, try. We don't want that to happen. <laughs> so, Jimmy, you just got done preaching. Yeah. Yeah, we're recording on a Sunday right after the service. Jimmy preached. He, we each share Advent ser- uh, sermons. So he's that's doing right. two. I'm doing two. That's that's right. It's what we do. And so uh, you just got done preaching out of Matthew. That's right. Matthew one twenty one. Good stuff. Mm, very original. Yeah. Well, we didn't want it to be original. Mm-hmm. Heresy is original. You don't yeah, want fair to, enough, yeah, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> fair enough. No, it was good. It was good. And I didn't have anything to do. So I just showed up and the family and I worshiped together. And then, uh, yeah. Then I just I hung out in my office for second service. And, uh, and here I am. Yeah. Here we are together. Now, um, now, a lot of our people know, uh, no, actually, actually I, most of our people don't know. So, a small number of our people know that are listening, uh, our church family knows. So, uh, my sister, who is a member of Redeemer Fellowship, uh, she had a stroke, a very unexpected major stroke uh, last week. Yeah. And then, um, and it, the doctors told us really early on as she was being helicoptered from one hospital to another, uh, that they said that. They told me specifically, don't expect her to survive. Mm. So, um, and her husband, Scott, who's a member here as well. Um, he's Great a de- man. Deacon here. At Godly Redeemer, man. Runs prison ministry, all that stuff. Um, so, you know, we're going through all this stuff. And then on th- this past Thursday was when Michelle did pass away. And um, I appreciate everybody, uh, you know, texting and emailing and just checking in to see how the family's doing. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's hard. It's, it's hard when, you know, family members pass, when people you care about pass. Um, and at Redeemer, we're kind of going through a season where there has been a lot of serious illness, mm. life-threatening illness, and people passing away or, or potentially on the verge of, of passing away. So we thought, why don't we talk about this, talk about like, you know, how we process and handle it when people that we're close to are, are sick and, and passing away uh, and how we, how do we handle it as, you know, as pastors, like how do you deal with people in your church that are sick? Um, mm. Because it's, it is taxing. It takes, it takes a lot out of you if you care, if you, if those are your people, yeah. if these are your real brothers and sisters, then when they're sick, you're hurting. Yeah. It affects you. Yeah. It's not just them going through something, but you're going through it with them. 
Right. I mean, the the, the whole like, mourn with those who mourn is real. Yep. And it doesn't mean, hey, pretend to mourn with those who mourn. <laughs> like you actually yeah. do mourn because yeah. your hearts are knitted together. Um, so I thought we could talk about this. But I, before we even get into, oh, so let me let me say let me do a little tribute to my sister. All right, tribute to my sister. With all due respect. Oh no, Joey. What are, what are you talking about? Joey, are we doing? I'm not. No, I'm we're just not saying, doing the bit. No, I don't. What bit? I don't know any bits. Uh, all I'm saying is that uh, my sister Michelle, with all due respect, <laughs> Joey, my Joey. sister Michelle. Um, if if you've been to a doctrine and devotion concert, yeah. you've probably heard her as clearly as you've heard me, mm-hmm. even though she was not on the stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because Michelle, my sister, I mean, I'm not really close to most of my siblings. Um, I'm closest to my sisters and Michelle in particular because, you know, um, she's a Christian, go to the same church. But Michelle is the person who was uh, who would always if she had a question or a concern, she'll just deal with it right there. So we can have a, our largest conference, 300 and some mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of a plenary session and Michelle will just say, you didn't say what point two was. <laughs> or louder. Can, can you say it again? I'm like, first of all, I definitely know what I said what point two was. I'm a professional. Second of all, <laughs> she just, because that's the thing about Michelle, man. Michelle was 100. Oh, Always yeah. 100. Always. And we've got a number of people like that. Like Jennifer Mon is another person. Yep. 100. Yep. Don't yep. play. Don't yep. pretend. Michelle, uh, she will be honest. And if, if, if you're, if she's watching your kid and your kid is acting like a booger, She's going to tell that kid that that kid's acting like a booger. Mm-hmm. Like you're acting, you're acting like a little brat right now, <laughs> and you need to repent. Like that's not cool. Like she was always just a hundred percent, very much herself. Mm-hmm. I love that about her. And very transparent. Yeah, what she was thinking, she said. Yep. yep. The, the uh, filter. She got rid of that. Like oh. when she was a teenager, I think she just said, "I don't need, need. Why do I need a why, filter why, why, for? Let's just remove that. Yeah. Let's just get the the, the straight dope out, so everybody knows exactly what's going on." <laughs> So yeah, Michelle. Uh, Michelle was always fun, and I actually told uh, Scott, my brother-in-law, our deacon, uh, when she was in the hospital before she passed. I said, you know, um, out of all my siblings, uh, she's the one that really annoys me. <laughs> and he looked at me like, "What?" And I went, "Because I really love her. Mm-hmm. Like I'm close to her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if I'm not close to you, it's like, then what do I care? Yeah, like my brother Darren. Uh, <laughs> no offense, Darren, if you're listening, I know you're not. But if you happen to be." Uh, we're not close. We don't have a relationship. You don't really annoy me. It's like there's there's nothing there. But uh, but my sister Michelle, like wow, like she remembers in the same church. We yep. hang out. We yep. do all the yeah, a lot so, of family stuff together. Yeah. So that means oh wow, when you do things that are annoying, and I annoy her, like because like like any real brother sister yeah. relationship. And so uh, yeah, I was like yeah, and she she annoys me more than others because I love her. I'm I like I'm, I like her and I'm close to her. And then when she does things, you know, it uh, you know. Another heartfelt moment from Pastor Joe Thorne. Here's a heartfelt moment with all due respect to my sister. <laughs> Michelle, like, like I would, I have, I have like my issues, right? Uh, she, she would get up. I would be in the middle of a sermon in our small sanctuary. She would get up and walk down the center aisle. Mm-hmm. If she had to go to the bathroom or something, mm-hmm. she would walk down with keys hooked to her hips. <laughs> and she's a hip swinger when she walks. So it's like, ching, <laughs> ching, ching. And my sister. Uh, but uh, my wife pointed out that uh, you know we're talking to the kids and everything about it, and there you know some of the kids are more uh, impacted by this than others, yeah, just because of how they're all wired. Yep, yep. Uh, Elias, yeah, maybe the most. Really? Yeah, yeah. Sweet kid. They're all sweet. No, anyway. very sweet. But yeah, I mean, Michelle was. I mean, 
she was a great aunt. Yeah. She's, oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. She loved your kids yeah. so much, man. And, you know, she didn't have kids of her own. Yep. She and, treated them like, you know, they were her own. She loved, yeah. She was just a fantastic aunt. So, yeah, he was, uh, he was, he was feeling it. And uh, so, anyway, that's what's going on with Michelle. Um, oh, so I, I did want to essay. Oh, there's another thing I want to say. I know we're short uh, on time, so we're going to get to this. Uh, am I a jerk for what I'm about, for what I'm thinking and feeling? In my experience in, hospitals and i have quite a bit of experience all right um i don't like chaplains you asked me wait you asked me if i think you're a jerk am, I a, jer like am I a jerk am, am, am i being too harsh okay yeah. but why don't you like them okay and i know that there are good ones and if you're a chaplain and you're a listener then you're definitely a good one please let us know what you think about what i'm about to say mm. <sighs> okay uh first of all chaplains in my experience the in with the ones that i have interacted with i know that's a very small sample size uh they are overly sentimental atheological new agey like a mixture of new age catholic mm. um yeah i just it's like and they're like lots of like puppy dog eyes and like lots of you know simp expressions of sympathy which i'm sure is great for a lot of people yeah i'm sure that's fantastic what is uh, i don't need that and yeah, but hold on. You're different, though, dude. You're stoic. You're, okay. Here, like, here's the thing. So in this particular example, Uncle Scott's right there. And she's like, hey, you know, we're here for you, whatever you need. And we're like, hey, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Appreciate your heart. Scott's like, you know what? My church family is all over this. I am supremely supported. I am. Mm. I have maximum coverage. Uh, we have members coming in and out talking to him while he's in the hospital. Uh, he's like, my, my brother-in-law is my pastor. He's a great pastor. Like, I'm, I'm good. Uh, but they don't stop. They don't take the hint. They they, they stay and they keep doing. And like, uh, you know, at one point she suggested that uh, my sister would have pink wings in heaven. Why, what? Yeah. Because Michelle's favorite color is pink. Everybody knew that. Uh, I know, but what, what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, is it different here? Okay, so. Oh, oh and then. Oh, good. Like, Scott was like, hey, Joe, you want to say some words? Because like, this is at the very end. Mm. She's passing. Mm -hmm. In minutes, she's going to be gone. I read Psalm 23 aloud. I pray. Scott sings two songs to her. Mm, bro. Dude, your brother-in-law. And he can't sing. No, he oh, can't. Oh, he cannot sing. No, but you know he what? He knows he can't sing. But he loves his bride. Oh, he and 100% he, heart all out. He yep. sang two songs to her. Uh, all great. And then homegirl. Uh, well, that was the issue. Well, go what, ahead. What, what's her name? Uh, the, <laughs> no, that's The not, chaplain. No, no I'm okay. saying the chaplain. Homegirl comes in. She's like, can I say a prayer now? And I could see Scott like, what? What? Oh, uh, okay. Oh. I, I, he didn't know what to say. He said, fine. Mm -hmm. So she opened up the book and read like a new age weird thing. It was just, I was, it was off-putting to me. And then I, I've just found, like, he didn't want, the, it's clear he didn't want any of this. And it, and it's clear he's covered. Yeah. Maximum coverage. Family, church, pastor, everything. Still pressing in. I was just rather annoyed by it. Now, is that a paid position here? Like, oh, yeah. Is, that, that, that's a staff. Yeah. That's, that's a, a staff position. So that's, a, okay. Maybe that's why. I mean, my experience in the past, like, was at the small town where it was a rotation. It was a volunteer uh, rotation between all the pastors of the churches. So they each took turns. Yeah. And it was, they made them, they were there, made themselves available. Right. Like, but it was, yeah, nothing like that. Nothing it's, like that. So it's like, like even for us, and this is what we're going to get into. How do we help people without completely burning out ourselves when we're going through something like this? Yeah. Now, in this case, it's my sister, but I'm a pastor. And I'm trying to take care of Scott. Um, 
but how how do we do that and 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 how do we maintain a balance one of the things that i'm thinking about here is that you know some pastors are going to be too pushy like a chaplain might be too pushy mm. some pastors will be too pushy like going too hard when some people need a bit more space yeah other people need a bit more presence yeah and they're too they're they're too pulled back right right yeah, yeah. everybody's got their own ways you got to know how do i best minister to them i don't want to abandon them and maybe they're going to pull back maybe i need to press in a little bit but what is too much? Yeah. It's going to change with every person. Yeah, for sure. So for when, sure. You're, when you're thinking about it, like you're a, you're a pastor who loves your people. How do you minister to those who are sick and passing without burning out yourself, without just completely being shattered? It also depends on the situation, sure. right? So I think because like in this situation, right, like more of a presence is is necessary because it's 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 imminent yeah right it's imminent sudden um, unexpected sudden yeah. unexpected um so i think you know part of it is knowing okay what is, what does the situation call for you know if someone's going for surgery like if one of our people are going for surgery and they want some prayer that's different do you know what i mean yeah like they, they get the text prayer no, no. <laughs> joey 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 they get joey. the text prayer joey. praying for you girl <laughs> you know um uh, but right. i think knowing situational it's it's yeah. it, like in sports, situational awareness. Mm -hmm. What's what's or in the self defense situational awareness? Yeah, situational awareness in in sports. It's about self defense. Yeah, in, in sports, uh, knowing okay how best to handle this and how much of a presence then should I have in the midst of this? Yeah, you know, uh, and you have to actually learn how to read people. Yes, you got to be like not just self aware, but you got to be like you can, you got to be able to read the person mm -hmm. and know this person is is. They, they want just a little bit. They, for some people, I found um, they didn't want me there just sitting there, like, like you know, hanging out next to them. Yeah. But if I was just down the hall and yep. I was just, I'm here, I'm here when you need, you know, and I would just check in. Yeah. But like, give all the space. Yeah. Right. But some just, know, want but you, just know I'm, I'm, I'm in the building. Some people want you to hold their hand. Yeah. And other people just want you to know that you're there like yeah. you're in the you know what i mean yep. I, I've, I've had that experience as well in fact when i when i talk to a lot of our you know elder candidates when they're coming on about visitation and like well what do you do when somebody's in the hospital it does depend you know situationally like mm -hmm. how severe is this but if somebody's in the hospital like what i do is i, I tell them like just go in and if you know regardless of how serious it is ask them to give you the rundown. All right, so what are the mm. doctors saying? Mm -hmm. This gives them the opportunity to kind of rehash what they've been hearing in the hospital bed this yep. whole time. Yep. So this is an easy way to ease into a conversation without just like, so like, how are you holding up? Like, like let's talk about it. Like, so what are the doctors saying? They get the talk, that gives you the information and, and then you have something, a, a basis upon which you can ask more questions and then dive in. Okay, so how how is that aspect of this making you feel yeah it's a bit more um you're able to nuance it a, a bit mm -hmm. better be more direct yeah because I, I i find that question so awkward to come in cold how are you doing mm -hmm. obviously they're not doing well yeah like obviously they're they're struggling yeah. obviously they're hurting like you're you're asking a question that you know the answer to yeah right and it's and it's a very like it's almost a closed question that i mean good or bad like, oh, are you doing good or doing bad? Like what? It's like, like you said, you, you want to nuance it by doing some investigation so that you can ask them a very specific question. Yeah. Like, so, you know, like, and again, I, I think starting with some basic questions, I would say like most of the visitation, uh, briefer is better in my experience for most people. Mm -hmm. They don't want you there hanging out the whole time. They're processing or they just, or they're tired. They got other people yep. coming in. Yep. 
So I do what you do at same thing. I was like, Hey, listen, um, if it's serious, I'm like, I'll, I'm going to be down the hall for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll check back in or I'll, I'm there. I spend some time with them. It might be 15, 20 minutes. And then I pray for them maybe read some scripture, whatever it requires. Yep, yep. And then I'll say, listen, I'll, I'm going to text you or call you later on. It's a lot easier these days with cell phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll be back, you know, the next day. But like, I think you're right. You've, you've, you've got a nuance that you got to read the person. Um, and you have to do some investigation to figure out how, you know, where are they, where are they going to be uh, stressing out? Like what are, what are they really afraid of more specifically? You know, I think in, and, in the midst of that, then I, I think as you're hearing it, as you're learning, right, um, you then are able to be an advocate. Yes. Then yep. you can then help be an advocate uh, for them, because like using this as an example, right? Sure. I'm sure, it was awkward in the you know in the midst of it, but uh, homegirl asking, "Hey, can I can I is it okay if I read something?" No, you know what I mean. Like knowing as awkward as it, it's like you know what we're okay. Yeah. Being able to just step in and be like, "I think we're okay for now. Thank you though. Yeah. Appreciate it." Um, in that, I don't know how, like, you know, but you're able to advocate and help them and answer for them knowing what it is that they're looking for. Right. You know, some people are really lost in these situations. Yeah. They just don't know what's going on. And they're going to be having a lot of people that have a lot of opinions for them. You know, like, oh, so you, this is your thing. Like, this is, you should be doing this as your treatment. That's, you're not a doctor. No. You're not, first of all, you're not my doctor and you're not a doctor. Yeah. Why are you giving me? Don't don't give me medical <laughs> advice. <laughs> it's real. It happens every single time. Every single time in my experience. Really, people that are in the hospital are getting unsolicited advice from well-intentioned brothers and sisters, mm. and that's where, like you know, I I've I had in fact I've had to tell this to a few people. I said, listen, the decision that you've made uh, in this course of action is yours. It is nobody else's business. Um, and if you have anybody pressing in, please let me know, and I will make sure that it stops. Because you just hmm. you do not that's you do not need to have this now. If you want advice from people and you're looking yeah. for it, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're not going to have any problem finding advice. No, no, no. Everyone wants to give their advice. I I find that awkward. I don't like giving advice in that situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I just don't want to give advice. Yeah. Like someone's grieving, or someone's like they're they're scared. They're impressionable. Yeah. Like who am I to give advice in the midst of that? You know. Right. And uh, if anything, ask questions. How do you like your doctor? Yeah. Does, you, you're confident in your doctor? If they're mm. like, absolutely, like, good, great. If they're like, oh, boy, I don't know, then, you know, you can always get a second opinion. Yeah. You just go somewhere else. You know, ask, yeah. ask the family member to help you, or I can help you find yep. somebody. No, I mean, I've had someone ask a, a, a question like, hey, the doctor's saying to do this route, you know, like, what do you think? And it's, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to sit there and say yes yeah. or no. So I, I kind of put it back and be like, man, like, what are you leaning towards? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, you want to help them to make a decision mm. and that doesn't mean telling them what to do it means helping them to think through it yeah what Maybe. are you leaning towards i'm not sure man do you think would it be better to get a second opinion yeah you know yeah wait, maybe, what, maybe what, they, could they add are there questions that maybe we we can have them yeah. answer for you to help clarify maybe something. Yep. You have them write things down. What yep. are the questions that you have? What are the concerns that you have? What are the fears that are, you know, it doesn't matter if they're, you know, unrealistic or realistic. What are your fears? Yeah. Let, let's, let's give your doctor a chance to address them with the staff, by the way. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being a little hard on the, the chaplain, but uh, <laughs> the staff at that place was on point. The oh, nurses, really? nice. doctors, good. they were, you know, Michelle was going and um, they said, all right, so what we'll do, she's donating like lungs and stuff to those in need. Mm. And so they said, okay, so 
she could have lasted an hour, 12 hours. We didn't know yeah, yeah. at the end. Uh, it turned out she lasted about 15 minutes mm. at the very end. Uh, once we were, you know, we we're like, okay, we're going to let her go. So they said, but uh, we're going to do an honor walk. And so what they do is they, uh, they, they make an announcement over the PA for the, on that floor. And then they bring her out in her, in her bed and they wheel her through the, the place so that to basically say, Hey, she's actually donating Mm. Uh, her body, you know, to, you know, organs to people in need. And there was somebody like in the hospital that was in need of some of that, you know. Like, oh. mm. So like it was like it was a it was a pretty cool thing. Like they all have their own things. Every hospital has its own culture. But I was really impressed with uh, with that. And that's another good thing, right? Like the the more you do ministry, the more familiar you're going you're going to be with funeral homes, funeral directors, hospitals. Yeah. You're going to know like, oh, yeah. this is a place where I'm going to feel comfortable with one of our people being at. Yep. Yep. And this is a place like I'm going to warn them. <laughs> there, are, listen, I, there are there are funeral homes where I'm like, do not go there. Yeah, don't go there. They will make a mess of the whole thing. Yep, yep. They're not organized. All right. So, what about for you? How do you not completely get swallowed up when people that you love and care about are suffering, sick, and or dying? Because listen, if you're in a church, uh, you're going to experience it more of it than people that aren't generally because you have more than just your immediate family. You've got a larger network now. And so if you're really invested, you're likely to, uh, to have a good amount of a, a lot of opportunities of, for people to suffer and for you to walk with them in some way. Mm. How do you not completely just burn out? I mean, it sounds like a cop out, but I mean it, right? It, it's by the grace of God, yeah. you know, learning how to, and I think this, this takes time. It's learning how to um, prayerfully know when to engage and when to step back, right? And and learning how to, I guess, like once once you leave, being able to kind of pray. Oh, I hate using this phrase. Move on, right? Because it's it's like any other thing in ministry for us. Yeah, we have to learn how to be present at home when we're home. Yeah, and it's hard because you're you're getting the messages or. You know, you, it's they're obviously on your mind. You know, um, but learning, yeah, how to leave things at the door. Yeah, I think that's good. I think you use the word "be present at home." I think that's the key, right? You need to be present wherever you are. Yeah. So I need to be a hundred percent present when I'm with somebody, and not be distracted. And whether that's a person in the hospital, I need to be present with them. Or if I'm at home, yep, I need to be present with them. And you, when you say like, "Oh, it's only by the grace of God," I'm like I, that's not a cop out. I agree with you because it means I've got to keep God at the center of this. Like yeah. volitionally, yeah, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. choose. Yep. Cause if I just try to like tough it out, cause I fancy myself a tough guy. I know I'm not, I know I'm a big baby, but I fancy myself a tough guy and uh, like I can handle it. I can bear the load. I can, I can handle my business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You will get swallowed up if you're doing that. Eventually yeah. you will completely, uh, it's going to catch you off guard. Cause it's hard not to, it's hard not to like, yeah, be invested it's hard not to be to 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 feel for you know feel what other people are feeling right because you love them you care for them you're watching them go through this pain you know and i think you know what you're talking about is a kind of compartmentalization right we're like okay well i'm, I'm feeling this 100 percent right now mm -hmm. but when i move on to this next thing you know moving on people sounds like what do you mean move on i mean i mean moving on to what's next that's what you mean right i'm, I'm not forsaking what was yeah. what i was in I have to move on to the next thing because God has a number of good works for you to walk in each day. Mm -hmm. And so you got to move on from one thing to the next. So you're compartmentalizing it so that you're really there when you need to be. 
And now you're really somewhere else when you need to be yep. there. I, 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 that I've had to do that throughout this whole thing. And you can still get overwhelmed and, you know, swallowed up. But I think that you've got to at least say, um, for me to survive and for me to be, you know, the capable and effective at what God's called us to do, uh, then yeah, I put everything kind of kept in a box. I don't think that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, and then I, when, I, when it's time, then I'm, I'm back in that realm. I'm back in that circle, right? Or I'm back in that environment. Yeah. And I mean, I think what we're talking about is when you're using that analogy, for a lot, for a number of people, it's a struggle to put anything in the box. Yep. And then for others, it's a struggle to take, for others to, t- uh, to take anything out of the box. No, that's good. That's good. You know, and I think that's the, that's the tension that we live in. Yeah. That's the tension that, that as believers, we need to, um, or as as chaplain or as as ministers, right? Mm. You know, we need to to learn to walk in. You right. know, when when it's appropriate. Yeah, and I th- I think that if if you're not if you don't have people who know you well that you know um, that you can trust and be honest with, if you don't have that, it's going to be a lot harder to do that because yeah. you know you need people to check in on you. You know, Jimmy wasn't scheduled to preach this weekend. Uh, he was like, hey man. Do you, would you would you like would it be helpful if I preached for you? Because you know, I'm scheduled to preach, you know, a, a week after this, but I can uh, I can go ahead and and do that if that if that would help. And um, you know, I like preaching. It's maybe the one thing I'm kind of good at, and uh, so it's like I'm always like I'm always ready to go. Like let's just do it. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, whatever, you know. And Jim was like, no, would it be good for you? Because <laughs> I know you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would it be good? And I said, yeah, it would be good. I got to take care of family stuff and mm-hmm. I can focus on that. So that's why Jimmy was there. I was like, what are we saying? Bottom line. We're saying um, be present, be 100% present, mm-hmm. hurt, mourn, weep. All that's good and fine. You know, Be strong for people. Yep. Um, but allow yourself the ability to um, to compartmentalize in a healthy way. Uh, to be present where you need to be at any given time. And um, I guess one thing I, I would add on the back end of this is, you know, give yourself time to mourn. Like I'm a guy, like mm. I'm not, I'm, I'm my, my, my dad and I are rather stoic, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways. Um, and so you got to give yourself opportunity to actually mourn. And if you do that in private, that's fine, but give yourself time to do that. Right. Mm. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineAndDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast over the store, JoeForStore.com, and grab some gear. We got that fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. We got blog posts and video content over at the website. And we got that all-access exclusive content. We got Banter Truth on Tuesday, Weekday Wisdom Monday through Friday. You can head on over to DoctrineAndDevotion.com slash all-access and sign up today. Later. Thank you.